This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show. He'll try his best to get through this podcast without getting lost in the dulcet tones of John Hawks, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I want to shout out the most underrated character on the show, and her name is Lulu. Do you know who that is? Who's Lulu? Lulu is played by Grace Anderson. She is the secretary of the police department who makes the most outrageous faces when all the drama is going on. Okay. She's in the background, and she is always like, what the hell? I'm that guy is always has a look. If you watch this episode again, watch her. Every time there is a fight, she is in the background <laughs> looking like, uh-oh. Yeah, I'll, so I'll shout check out her out. To Grace Anderson. Yeah, I have not seen her, so I'm glad that you've noticed that because I low key MVP. Yeah, I have not noticed any of that, so I'm glad that you've that you've caught that. So I'll have to pay attention next time that I watch uh, one of our episodes on True Detective because we only got one left, guys. So uh, if you've been listening to the podcast and we started it a couple of years ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the fifth episode of True Detective: Night Country. Whether or not you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show, you can visit our patreon page and you can become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level and when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you want ad free access to the podcast any level being a patreon supporter will get the show ad free doesn't matter which level you're signing up for it could be the three could be the five the ten or the twenty all four levels do get you the show ad free if you want additional podcast content, though, if you want anything besides just getting the show ad-free, that's where the higher levels come in. So we have bonus episodes and things like that for our Patreon supporters who are supporting us at at least a $5 level. If uh, that's something that's interesting to you, like I said, just head over to Patreon and sign up for those. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, we would love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to get as many of those as we possibly can, so if you want to help us, we would love for you to do so. If you'd like to interact with us, you can do so as well by sending us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any thoughts or questions you might have, any comments, any recommendations. We'd love to hear all those things, so just drop us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right, as I mentioned at the top of the before we get into that, just as a reminder, we do have a YouTube channel. We are recording all these, and I was successful in getting that video sure. downloaded and everything working Which correctly. Which I found out, I touch my beard quite frequently on these, and I had no idea. Yeah, Thank there's, you there's for a lot of things. Out. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I don't. I didn't realize <laughs> that. When I think, when I'm like thinking a lot, I close my eyes. And like I, I realize I, I close. I've noticed that before. Yeah, I, I, and I'll be honest. You remember so much stuff, and it always impressed me. I was like. Man, he's sitting there with his eyes closed, just remembering everything. And I wish I could do that while yeah. I'm rubbing my beard over here like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like I said, so I remember I was like, man, I closed my eyes a whole lot. But that's because I'm thinking about some of this stuff. So that's I'm trying to picture yeah. it in my head. It's a little easier to do when I'm closing my eyes. I don't even realize I'm doing it. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna try not to. Well, do that also, I don't know what to do with my hands. That's the other thing. Well, like, yeah, I, I get that too because I. I keep I'm my, never comfortable here. Yeah, you don't see mine as much, but I'm constantly doing stuff with my hands. You just can't see it on the camera. So we learn a lot about ourselves by doing a YouTube uh, YouTube video on this thing. So uh, anyway, like I said, if you if you want to, if that's something that's interesting that you are interested in, we would love for you to go over to our YouTube channel and check it out. Uh, also, we have a TikTok account. Uh, I'm trying my best <laughs> to play with it. I, I just don't do TikTok real well. I'll be real honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but it is there. So if you're on TikTok, you want to look at the Main Attraction Podcast, you can do so, and you can follow us over on TikTok. So. All right, so as I was saying before going off on that, this is the fifth episode of True Detective uh, for a season called Night Country. The penultimate. Yes, the penultimate episode. So real quick, your general thoughts. So I know I've brought this up before, so I'm going to do it again. You, do you remember like in the mid-2000s when ABC was really humming along and they had Lost and Desperate Housewives yeah. and Grey's Anatomy? And every promo would be like, this is the episode that changes everything. Yes, they were very you, good at that. You, you will not see what's coming. That was like every promo for the yeah, show. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. well, well, guess what? This was the episode I did not see what was coming. True. And I got to say, it changed everything. <laughs> this was what I've seen a lot of people make a lot of complaints. Right. This should appease them, which if you look at IMDb, it did. This has the highest rating. This was a phenomenal episode. It answered a lot of questions. It moved the plot further along. And then, man, John Hawks came in and said, you know, <laughs> I haven't had enough to do. Let me go ahead and get into the best supporting actor race. Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, he was he's, he was great in this episode. I do wonder, I want to kind of push back a little bit on one thing that you said, because you said you've seen a lot of people complaining about this show throughout the course of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this. I think as the IMDb stuff starts coming in, I think it'll, it's going to go down because they do something that I did not expect them to do because they're making me question some of this. So let me just give you a little story from my high school okay. days. When I was oh, when I was a freshman in high school, uh, I was in my English class, and the English at Olive Branch High School was divided into three different types. There was what they called the basic English, which was really more of a remedial English that only about 10% of the kids were in. There's what they called accelerated English, which was about 80% of the kids took, and there was gifted English, which was about 10%. I was in the accelerated English. And it was incredibly easy. Uh, it, it, I could have slept through that class and probably would have made a 99, which I ended up making anyway. It was easy. I was bored to death in it. My English teacher recognized this. And at the end of the year, she said, I, she said, you are like acing this class without even trying hardly. She says, I know you really need a bigger challenge. She said, why don't you try? If I recommend you to be tested for the gifted English department, would you do? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So she does. I get into gifted English. Uh, 10th grade was good, but 11th and 12th grade, 
this is my gifted English teacher in 11th and 12th grade was Mrs. Helmick, and she was phenomenal. She's one of the three most influential teachers that I had. And she was absolutely phenomenal. And one of the reasons why I credit my ability to write, and one of the few things that I will not like back down on, if somebody says, you know, oh, you you did a really good job with this, or you're good at that, I typically say, yeah, I don't, I'm not so sure, because I'm, I'm not, because um, I'm, I'm not so sure. Whenever somebody tells me I'm good at something, they, I'm always a little bit questioned about, about that. But when it comes to writing, I know I can write, and I'm really good at writing. And the reason I know this is because she taught me how to write. She went over what good writing was, what bad writing was, what was, she would take good writing and show us, all right, here's what you need to do to make it even better, to make it great. And so she made me into a great writer and I can write really, really well. As a matter of fact, if I had understood that, you know, I'm really good at this and I enjoy doing it when I'm writing about something I like, I didn't find that out until mm -hmm. I was like a senior in college. There's, there's probably a multiverse version of me out there somewhere that is like a, a, a journalist of some sort. But I didn't find out I enjoyed doing it until I got to be a senior in college. So, like I said, she teaches me how to write. Well, I used this against her once, and I, I kind of feel bad about it because one, I don't remember if it was my junior or senior year, we had to read Heart of Darkness and Secret Share by Joseph Conrad. And I, I like many of you listening, like you, Ryan, had to read a bunch of different books when I was in high school. And mm -hmm. I read every single one of them except this one. I've got through two chapters of this thing, and it it just was not for me. I didn't like this book at all. Uh, I convinced my mom to get me a, the Cliff's Notes because I told her, I was like, I'm having a really hard un time understanding this. And I wasn't lying because if you don't read a book, you can't understand it. Uh, so... I told her, I was like, can you give me the Cliff's Notes? So she gets me the Cliff's Notes, and I kind of got by on the quizzes that she got. I didn't like make A's on them, but I make a B or C, which I was okay with because I wasn't—I hated the book. And I could contribute a little bit in the discussion. But when we get to the end of the test, she says, it's going to be a two-essay two question test. You will pick one of the two that you want to write. And I don't remember what exactly the essay was about, but it's something about darkness and how it affects the theme of darkness or something like that and how it affects the characters in Heart of Darkness. And when I read the question, it flashed through my mind the story that my Sunday school teacher, when I was growing up, would always tell about how he worked at FedEx. And when he went in the break room, he'd flip the lights on. And there was always like two or three cockroaches that were like scurrying away, trying to get away. And that immediately jumped to my mind. So I like make this parallel about how like some of the characters are cockroaches and they're having the light showing upon them. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I didn't read a like I said, except for two chapters of this book, I didn't read anything else outside of it. And I was, you know, I was writing furiously. It came off easily. It was like one of the easiest things I've ever written because I thought of this, thought of this thing for, that my Sunday school teacher was constantly putting in our heads. And I would, like I said, making that parallel, it, I got done like 15 minutes. Everybody else took the entire class period. They were looking at me like, well, how are you done so early? So I knew I did a good job. I knew it was going to be, I knew I was going to get a good grade on it. And when I get the, I wasn't sure though if I was going to get an A or a B. I was like, maybe I don't include enough stuff from from the actual book. Uh, maybe that's going to be knock me down a little bit. But I knew I wrote a really really good paper. When I get the paper back, not only do I get an A, I got a hundred on it. And not only did I get a hundred, she said like, "Wow, amazing!" Like she literally wrote that on the paper. She was just was so blown away about how well it was. I'm starting to wonder with this show if they have taken just an incredibly interesting and a incredibly compelling story and have masked a lot of sins because i noticed a lot in this one there's a like i said the story is okay. the story is completely compelling i mean i'm i'm completely hooked in on where they're going but what they do at the beginning just 
like it raised my antenna. So let's kind of get into it real quick. Yeah, yeah, because I'm curious where you're going with this. What did, how did episode four end? Do you remember? Uh, episode four ended, I'm trying to remember. And this is, like I said, this is why I think they're doing a really good job, because you're not remembering this off the top of your head. No, I don't. No. All right, so episode four, if you don't remember, if, if you don't remember it, ends with them at the dredge, and it ends, yeah. and it ends right. with them finding Otis Heiss in in that yeah. shipwreck. But it, the very last scene that it ends on, Danvers is going up to yeah. to Navarro, and there is this completely decorated Christmas tree in this just like haunted shipwreck, and her and Navarro's ear is bleeding. Right, so, right, right. I'm coming into this episode. I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some type of an explanation, some type yeah. of, and they almost fool me into forgetting about it. I mean, I think they do with yeah, a lot yeah. of people because you didn't remember it. Uh, yeah. And I think they are, they almost fool because like when they open up this episode, what do they open up with? They open up with the cremation. It's five days later. Yeah. And that's, the cremation. that's yeah. another thing. Like, that's another thing that I just don't understand that they do in this episode. Every episode has been like one day to the next, one day to the next, one day to the next. And now all yeah. of a sudden we're jumping five or six days ahead later. And I don't understand why they're doing that. Like, yeah. And that's just, it's just kind of mind boggling to me. So like I said, I'm starting to bump up against some of the things that people were talking about because when they open up this episode, we get this cremation scene and like, I was immediately like I immediately went from thinking, all right, what are we going to learn? Why is her ear bleeding? Why was there a Christmas right. tree in this shipwreck? To like, oh, I've never seen a body get cremated before. I don't know what this looks like. Yeah. I don't know how this works. And so I'm like just incredibly interested in, in watching this body get cremated and the process that goes through it. And I've like completely lost track of looking for that. And then, you know, you get the John Hawk singing, and you're, I'm like, and then all of a sudden it occurred to me, it's like, wait a minute. What about the ear? I forgot about the ear. Why, why was her ear bleeding? Yeah. And like I said, I, why do you put that in there if you're not ever going to come back? Because that looked like it was this extremely profound moment and they haven't touched it at all. Mm -hmm. So like, Yeah, said, I, do I, I do think that is something I wanted to discuss because I wonder if they're going to really explain what all the mysteries and the horror is going on. Or if they're just going to, you know... I. What we're gonna find out is the yeah. mines guilty of everything, and they're poisoning the water. Is that just gonna be the the explanation for all of it? I, I hope not. You if know, that's that, gonna be the case, I'm gonna be disappointed. I'll just be real honest. Yeah, with yeah, that. yeah. But like they, they have, you know, had scenes like that. You right. know that we, well, you know, why is there one eyed polar bear? Yeah. And this no. is this gets into uh, another thing because, like I said, because once they did that, my antenna was up immediately. Like. Well, what else are they doing that they're forgetting? Or what else are they leaving out? Or what else are they doing that's a mistake on this show? So, like I said, doing that thing at the very beginning by dropping this incredibly intense moment. And uh, for those who were listening, I didn't catch this. I, I don't think you caught this either, Ryan. Apparently, those ghosts that he, she was seeing in the previous episode, those are like people who had recently died. It's like the first ghost we see when they're at the Wheeler house. This was the girl that got killed. Uh that yeah, was, I did not notice that. No. And the ghost that she sees, the shipwreck, was her sister. Uh, like I said, so these were... Okay. Uh, like I said, I didn't catch that, but a lot of people... I just assumed one of them was her sister, but I didn't know for sure. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't I couldn't tell just by the way that they were their makeup and all this type of stuff was going on that that right. was who it was. But like I said, so when you do that, when you like drop this... When you end an episode with something that seems pretty significant and pretty important... Yeah. And you don't address it... Like at the beginning of the next one, 
that just raised my antenna. Like, what are we missing? What if I'm, or, and then I'm like, well, what have right. I missed? And what am I, am I giving this show too much of a pass because of the fact that I do love their story? And I think their story is great. I, right now, look, I'm not willing mm-hmm. to, to downgrade it or anything when we get to like our, our, our rating on this thing. But yeah. like I said, it, th- the question I asked you at the end of our podcast last week, I asked you, I said, are you wor- a little worried that they're going to be able to kind of address everything with only two episodes left? I'm far more concerned about that now at this point, because it seems like they've just forgotten about this thing at the very end of episode four. And now I'm really, really concerned about it. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that I think is very true. It's criminal. If they only made this thing six episodes. That is absolutely. That, that, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah. This should be eight. This it, should, it should be, eight. It should be maybe 10. I mean, I agree. And we'll There's talk, so much meat on this bone that could be picked on. There is. I mean, let's talk about just John Hawk's character, Hank, real quick. So let's just talk about him yeah. because, you know, episode four, you know, first three episodes, he's presented himself as like a potentially dirty cop, a scumbag. Right. You know, he's just this absolutely abusive awful. Abusive father. Abusive father. Just absolutely terrible person that we don't really feel a whole lot of remorse or, or sympathy right. for. And in episode four, though, they kind of start making us feel some sympathy towards the guy because yes. his his mail order bride doesn't show up at the airport. He's obviously been getting conned this whole time into giving her money. He, he has to pick up rose petals. Yes, the, just the most depressing thing ever. Having to pick up these little rose petals that he's left off all over the bed. You know, just he has have to go beg his son to come over for Christmas. Yeah, so like you, a guy that you really didn't think you could feel a whole lot of sympathy for, now you feel sympathy right. for because of the way that they have portrayed him and then we start off in this episode like the first time we see him he's playing this song that is just absolutely remarkable i think you called which he wrote yeah yeah he he wrote it yeah it was called i think it's called no one yeah and i think i I think you called the fact that they might try to incorporate some of that into into this show and and they sure enough did because it was absolutely this haunting melody that they were playing over the beginning of this thing and especially watching peter listening to it Mm -hmm. and just like Knowing his father's in pain like that, it was very haunting. Yeah, so they've got that, and then we get this emotional story about when Peter was ice skating and he falls through the ice, and you can and you can just see the terror in John Hawks as he is trying right. to break through the ice because you know you like well why don't you just pull him out if he falls through because it'll freeze over once the, that crack in the water will just freeze over yeah. and you can't get to him. That's, that's the concern. And that's the why he is just so frantically trying to break through that ice to get to him in time. Cause you can't spend a whole lot of time in that, in that, you know, sub freezing water. No. And so like I said, so we get this and then at the very, like the very next scene, he's talking to Kate, who is obviously a part of this, this plot to kill, yeah. uh, to kill Annie and like he's going along with it. We don't really know why he's going along with it. And now he's killing this guy at the end of it and like basically goading his own son into killing him. Well, we do know some of it because he wanted to be sheriff. Yeah. I mean, I he know. wanted to be the chief. I know. But, and then, but, but, but I thought the scene with Kate was good because even in that, he's saying, I'm not that dirty. Right. I don't, I'm not a killer. Don't ask me to do this kind of stuff. And I really liked, I thought the next scene was maybe his best best scene when he goes to Peter and it almost looks like he was going to confess to Peter yeah. what had happened. Yeah. Like he he looked like and then he changed his mind. Right. So I was like, wow, because for a second I was like, he's not gonna go with this. He's he's gonna confess and he doesn't. That's why I was like, having someone like John Hawk, this is why you have yeah. him in this 
and because of these things. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the. I think the the, I think the explanation for why he's doing this, wanting to be sheriff, is a little bit flimsy. But I don't yeah. really. Have, I don't have that in this. I don't have that big of a deal with, with the scene itself. It's just this well, is now all. He needs the money. Yeah, it's, it's just happening too fast. That's the, the issue. I mean. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, this it would have made more. This should have John Hawks turn should have started the scene with kate should have been the episode before or something yeah well basically it should have taken i'm okay with like the turn starting in episode four but let's go to eight let's go to eight episodes let's go to ten episodes let's draw this thing out right, i agree and let's yeah, pull, yeah. let's make this last a little bit longer so like i said yeah, I, not to mention i'd like to see john hawks in eight episodes yes exactly i would, I would yeah. love to see that so yeah. uh i mean that's one of the biggest issues i have is the fact mm-hmm. that uh, because it, it's starting to feel rushed like i said i didn't really it, do, it definitely does and i kind of felt this way in the first episode because they are drunk they are dropping so much on us in that first episode yeah, yeah. but as we've gotten into the story and we've gotten into the mystery and, the, and all this type of stuff it's felt it, it still has felt a little rushed but these last this episode combined a little bit with the last episode has felt really really rushed like we're going we're doing a lot of things really really fast uh so like i said look the story is still compelling i can't wait to find out what's what actually happened to annie because that's obviously what they're going yeah. to uh i can't wait to find out what really happened with the salal guys but there's a lot of things yeah. are surrounding both of them that I'm really questioning. Like, and one of the things that they've done, and it's been kind of grating on me, it's, it's got to its worst this it, during this episode. Van on the Midnight Boys podcast for the Ringerverse, uh, if you haven't ever listened to them, he, their, their, their podcast is great. But one of the things that Van will always talk about when he's on that show, and it's dealing with young people on a show, he'll tell you he hates Pluck. He absolutely hates Pluck. He thinks it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's horrible to deal with. You know, just teenagers that are being angsty and just hard to handle leah has gotten to the point where i just don't want her on screen anymore i mean yeah especially this this last episode i mean i guess we needed her for the peter scene really that was the only that was the real payoff also where do i get those cheetos twist uh puffs those look amazing i know i've never seen (laughs) i actually looked on amazon and walmart i was like where are these i've never seen these and look let's nitpick that a little bit because this is a chip that you can only find in alaska you can't find in the mainland anywhere they can't get anything in alaska why why are they finding it there so yeah but anyway give us the cheeto twist (laughs) wherever those uh, are we need them here so yeah, I with you though. I, we didn't need that scene with her. We we got enough of her last week, where you know Liz saves her, right? But you know she does. Yeah, I, I didn't need the scene with her. I, the only thing I did like, I liked the scene with her later on when she tells Liz, you know, I haven't given up on you yet. I, I like that scene. Yeah, I like but I'm that. with you. You know, I don't want to see her in the finale till the end. Yeah, just well, the thing with 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 Leah at this point. I mean, she is just constantly just acting on impulse, acting on impulse. And right, right, right. it is so, like I said, just got to the point where I just, I was completely with Navarro yeah. when she when she's in the truck with Navarro. Navarro says, you got me, I can't believe I want to say this, but I agree with Danvers on her side or something along those lines. You got me lines. feeling for Danvers. Yeah, exactly. That was the line. And I was like, yes, yeah. I am completely there with you, yeah. Navarro, because yeah. I feel the same way about this girl. I mean, even she is so unsufferable at, at points, like even the scene with Peter, how does the scene open? He's bringing her a Pepsi. And what's the first thing she says while she's locked in a jail cell? You know, you know I, I don't, don't like, like Pepsi. Pepsi. Like, yeah, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Can't we... I mean, honestly, who 
who does like Pepsi? I'm Look, kind of with her. All right, here's the deal. Pepsi's not that bad. All right, it's fine. Like, whenever a waiter comes to me and says, and I ask for a Coke or Coke Zero or whatever, and they say, uh, uh, is Pepsi okay? I'm like, that's fine. And that's what it is. Pepsi's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. great. Look, there. I will say this. I There's think far worse. There. Well, I will say this. I think there are other products like outshine Coca-Cola's products like Mountain Dew is far better than Mellow Yellow. Oh, Mountain Dew is fantastic. Uh, Crush is better than Fanta. Uh, I'll, I will say that. Uh, I'd say, oh, Sierra Mist was like the best living lime soda, but I guess it just, they were, they did the stupid thing where they tried to keep 7-Up in line as well as Sierra Mist and it just, they had to take it out of the market because uh, I think it's better than Sprite, but um, anyway, so. And that's this week in soft drinks by <laughs> the Fan Traction Podcast. That's right. So if you want your, 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 your podcast. All you Brought to you by Pepsi. That's right. Uh, always, hey Pepsi, if you really want to come sponsor us, uh, you, we will we will pump your products up Absolutely. regardless. So uh, we will definitely do that. But uh, anyway, like I said, just be grateful. You, you're, she's bringing you something, yeah. and just say, yeah. hey, thanks, I appreciate. It. That's that's all you gotta do, Leah. It really. Well, is. Did you catch something else in the, in the scene where Danvers goes to her? She originally says, "Hey, is Leah here?" And then she calls her Leah, and I'm like. What is the pronunciation of yeah, this name? Yeah, that's one of the other things. This is okay. This is a nitpick because I've noticed that in this episode. Because when we first started talking this podcast, I was mentioning her. I was like, "Is her name Leah or Leah?" Because it's spelled Leah on IMDb. Yeah. Her name is actually Leah, but like Danvers just shortens it to Lee. Like, really, you're going to shorten know, a four-letter word to, to two? Like, you really got to shorten that one? Uh, but anyway, regardless, that's like I said, that that is a nitpick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like I said, her character has just kind of gotten to the point where it's a little bit grating. So um, I tell you what, let's yeah. take a real quick break and then we will get to the rest of the episode. Okay, I think it's going to be better. All right. You got to start it. Yeah. All right. All right. So, let's get into some of the other people of this. Let's talk about Pete real quick. Uh, Pete has been a great okay. character throughout the course of this. He's been, he's been a fantastic He's been phenomenal. Character. And I, he is still phenomenal in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad for his character, though, because everybody seems to want to crap on him. And I don't really know why. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. got Leah crapping he's on him. He's the rook. He's the rookie. Well, they got Leah crapping on him. His his own wife is, is kicking him out of the house for basically doing his job. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, like I said, there's a... I feel bad for him, but he's he's been like the guy, like the unheralded star of, of this entire season. I just have been really impressed by him. Who plays he him? He's been very impressive. Who was Finn it? Bennett. Yeah, Finn he's, Bennett. He's been great. Uh, absolutely fan- yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I will say. And he's going to die next episode, obviously. It feels that way. Yeah, it, it really, really feels like he's going to die. I don't know. So, so can I make my first uh, prediction? Yeah, go ahead. Rose is going to end up being a villain and killing him. Where? Because you asked me that on text. Where? Why are you thinking that? Because I'm, I'm not getting that at all. I don't know because like, Ro, why is Rose in this town? Like, yeah. she, we know she has a fake name. Yeah, she does. Like, she's by herself. What does she know? She was a professor. Why is she there? That that, that is a good question. Uh, they do talk about her being a professor and all this type of stuff. But you're Why right. did she make that feel? There's just so much weird stuff around there. I just had this vision of her shooting Peter or, and pushing him in the ice too when they go to throw the bodies. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see what comes about by that. Yeah. Why is she? Why is she in this town? Why is a professor in this town? Yeah, I, I think you're correct about some of that because I, I don't know, and I, I don't know the answer. And to that. also, let's be honest: when you have 
big name stars. Right. We've already seen John Hawks is the bad guy. Right. Chris Eccleston is a bad guy. You know, uh, well, we don't know how bad Teddy is, but he's some kind, he's with the Mons, right? So he's a b- bad guy, and then you've got Fiona Shaw besides Jody, right? The other, the three no most known people are those three. Two of them are bad, you know. Right. Fiona Shaw is a mysterious character. It would not be shocking to see her be bad as well. Yeah, uh, you may be onto something. I'm not convinced, but you may be onto something yeah. there. Uh, I, guess, I hope she's not. I really like her character. Yeah, I like her character too. I like she's, and that one thing I like about her is just she is so mysterious, and we don't know no. a whole lot about her. And this is goes into a little bit of again why this show is just too short. We need more yeah. about that character. We need more, right? And because like, if if they do drop on us that she's a villain, it's I don't think that's going to be developed enough i just don't think we've gotten enough of that in in this yeah. for that to be a really good payoff as for it to be somehow involved in this thing so i hope that's not the case because like i said i just don't think that makes a whole lot of sense from a storytelling perspective to put her as a villain uh but but, but this is where we're at though because let's just pivot to this who somebody else has to be a villain we know who oh, yeah. it is mm-hmm. yeah somebody else has to be there's ted ted is somewhat of a villain but even Kate mentions that he's his hands aren't completely dirty. Right. Yeah. So that leaves that leaves Rose, Eddie, who seemed less villainous this time. Okay, I'm gonna talk about that. Go ahead and get, keep talking, but I want to talk more so about I that. Say, I would say Eddie is one of the ones. Uh, what was the guy's name that went missing? Uh, that that worked at the mines too. We still have him out there. Oh, no, it's work at Slaw. Uh, you talking about oh uh oh crud uh Ryan no it's not Ryan uh oh you talking about that guy yeah that's another thing I want to talk about like, so we got him you're hitting him on a few things that I want to talk about <laughs> yeah, so we've got him uh I think it was it Eddie T- not Eddie Eddie uh some Tacock yeah some Tacock I remember what so you're talking about someone else is involved we know Kate's involved is it is it Ted is it Rose is it Tacock uh, we, we still have to find out what, what Clark's deal is. I have a feeling Clark's going to end up not being a villain. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's going to be the case, too. I think that's something that's so, been... I think so that's who, something that they've been like hitting so hard. He's he's a guy under suspect. He's a guy that we want to talk to. That, they're, right. that they've hit that so hard that he's going to end up being a guy that's actually not involved with it or so, like trying to save somebody. I don't know. Yeah, so who's going to be the other person? Is it going to be... You know, the lady that runs the laundromat. I mean, I just feel like there has to be another person from this community that's involved with being the bad guy. Yeah, I think you're correct. And so you may be right. That may be the way that they bring, that they do that with Fiona Shaw's character. They may bring her in and have her be a villain. Um, But because I think you are correct. So you mentioned a couple people that I want to talk real quick about. So uh, what's what's Eddie's last name? Kavik, Kavik is his last yeah, name. Kavik, yeah, Kavik, yeah. Who I love. I, I I felt better about him this episode. All right, so Eddie, like, I, I, his character and stuff, I don't really have that much of an issue with. I, episode four, we talked about this. When Danvers, when Navarro goes to Danvers' house and she says, I found this, this stone with this carving in it yeah. and she can't find it. Like we immediately said, oh, that seems like pretty important. Obviously, Eddie took it from her because he showed, she showed it to him. And it's gone after she shows it to him. And so he basically, like, steals this thing from her 
And the only thing that comes about it is like he was taking it to a like a high school buddy of his, and like yeah. this is the reasoning is that for this thing is like it was left for like cracks in the snow. That's let other uh, people know that there's or cracks in the ice that you could fall through here. Like because that's where the North Country is. Yeah, that's where the Night Country is. And my only issue, the only issue with this this little stone was like four inches tall. Like, are you really going to put that in like this place that can like get a foot of snow in like an hour? Is that yeah, really? Is that really going to help? <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. You would have to drop quite a few of these. Yes, but I mean that makes uh, somewhat sense, though. Yeah, like I said, I don't. I, like I said, but I you're right though. If it drops a foot of snow, I mean, how are these? Are, how are these staying at the top? Where you can see it. I just don't understand why he took it in the first place without her knowing. Like, I, I don't know why he didn't yeah. tell her. Like, hey, I'm gonna, I got yeah. a buddy about who might know what this thing is, and like goes and shows it. Like, yeah. I just don't understand the, the logic behind taking it without her knowledge of taking it. That's just that right. doesn't make any sense to me for for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah. and then another character that they seem to have forgot about. You're talking about Takak, uh, the guy who was the physical engineer, yeah. or the maintenance engineer, or whatever it was. Maintenance engineer. Yeah. So they drop him. Let's see if I can find his name over Yeah, talking. I've been looking for it and I can't find it. Uh, so they drop Oliver Decock. Oliver Decock. So they, they drop Oliver Decock's name and we meet him in episode three. They go looking for him again in episode four and he has just kind of mysteriously disappeared. Like it's like he's vanished off the face of the earth. And they don't again, this was a guy that they were like hot on the trail for in episode four, and they seem to they seem to have forgotten about him. Again. I think he's going to be in the cave. I think he's the one that's setting up the lights and the Christmas trees and stuff. And he may be. If that's I the case, the, I think he's hiding out. If that's the case, that's something I'll be able to forgive. But it just seems really weird that they don't even mention him it here in, in episode right, five. Right. I would have thought that we would have yeah. heard his name at least once in, in this thing. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, so that was that was an issue for me. So let's just kind of talk about our main characters uh, because we haven't talked too much about them because they need to be talked about. Liz is look. They're too, they're still fantastic in this thing. They are still absolutely fantastic. Oh, uh, Jody Foster, like Bravo. Yeah, I mean, wh wh unbelievable, unbelievable. She is. I'm gonna save her for just a little bit. Let's talk about Evangeline Navarro real quick. Played by Callie Reese. Excellent. Really good. Really good performance by her. I've been really impressed by her mm -hmm. ever since this thing uh, started. Uh, and she's been she's been great. Now, one of the things that another thing that I started bumping up against was in towards the beginning of this. And I talked a little bit about this, and it really came again because they make this, they do this weird decision to not address this like big, huge moment they drop at the end of episode four. My antenna is up, so I'm thinking about these things. And this was something I, I mentioned in episode two. Episode two, when we met the professor dude, I don't remember the guy's name, he was working at like this high school or community college, and I, and yeah. I commented, that looks way too big to be innocent Alaska. Like it looks like it has like an enrollment yeah. of like 500 people, and this town probably has like two or 300 people tops. When we go to the protest of the mines, it looks like there's like a thousand people there. Uh, and like there's this huge crowd of folks like there's not that many people in Ennis. So like most of the town won't be there because like most most people in every town, most people, even if you are like fed up and riled up, most people like don't go protest and they don't go like to something to our, to yeah. a near riot experience like this was and it looks like this town is absolutely huge and i'm like how are there this many people at this at this demonstration it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense and then let's talk about well, navarro's character real quick she's rolling up with the mississippi highway patrol in full riot gear like in alaska the only you mean the alaska highway patrol well yeah the alaska highway patrol i'm what i say mississippi 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was okay. like, what? Yeah, the, the Alaska Highway Patrol. Excuse me. So the Alaska Justin Highway Patrol. Justin lives in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I live in Mississippi. That's the reason why I'm thinking Mississippi. So she pulls up in Alaska Highway Patrol with in full riot gear. And the only three cities in Alaska that probably can even can even justify riot gear are Juneau, Fairbanks, and Anchorage. That's probably it. Ennis isn't getting riot gear. So, like, why oh, is there the this... Highway Patrol, the Highway Patrol, man. I can't imagine that they would have, like, because there's not enough people in Ennis to warrant it. So, but, they... they but, would... Well, let's talk about this. They've been talking about, they've been having, uh, you know, protesting for years at this mine. I mean, they may have riot gear for this. That just seemed far-fetched to me. Like I said, I yeah. I, I, I just can't see that. I mean, you the see case. these small schools all over that they have riot. I mean, unless Unless, uh, unless Roy Tillman is the is the head of the Alaska Highway Patrol, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. sure that the, they would have Fargo reference. That's everyone. right. So if you're wondering whether that came from, that came from Fargo. If you didn't watch Fargo, go watch it because it's fantastic. But uh, but yeah, like I said, it's just it but was. Also, I will say I, I'm going to buy the school somewhat because if you've ever watched uh, a show that has mines. Hazard Kentucky was one. They had a decent school because the mine pays for it. That's right. And I've lived in a town that had mining, and they had a decent school because this is the kind of stuff the mines pay for. That you know, so they can you know, make the community feel better. Well, I'm just I'm not saying that it's because of the quality of the school. I'm just saying it's the size. Like yeah. that class he was teaching had yeah, like 30 kids in it, and right. there's no way there. I, I taught at a really tiny. My very first three years were at a tiny rural school, and like the biggest class I had had like 15 kids in it. <laughs> so like there was yeah. just way too many kids and. In that room. So anyway, like I said, that's just that's was another thing. Like I said, I'm bumping up against stuff because they put my antenna up and they kind of annoy me about that. But uh, Navarro, like I said, again, she's been great. Callie Reese has been phenomenal. Uh, no complaints there. But she's just like just absolutely fantastic in this. I think she is. She's the one who's kind of like basically going to pull Danvers through this entire thing. But I thought she was great. Your thoughts on just her general thoughts on her and her performance this episode. Yeah, I thought she was, you know, phenomenal as well. I love when Danvers, I mean, when Danvers is ready to quit the case, and she's like, "We can't do this." Right. And I love that scene where she's like, "Annie, you're you have possession of her now. I'm giving her to you because right. you're ignoring her. You have to deal with her death." I thought that was just a beautiful scene. I really love what Kelly Reese do, especially with her physicality. Right. Like, if I saw her at a protest, I'm running. Oh yeah, I, I'm completely I'm like, with you. I'm yeah, I, I'm completely with you. So I have no complaints there. Uh, Danvers obviously is going through quite a bit. The the her first thing in the thing is in this particular episode opens with her talking to Otis Heiss, who is at the lighthouse, which was the facility that Navarro's sister was admitted into before she ended up killing herself. Uh, but she's talking to Otis Heiss because she wants to know where these caves are. She wants to know, you know, he how... Doing get, well. Yeah, he's not doing well at all. And I was surprised that he could actually see. I assumed he was blind. Apparently, and I looked this up, you actually, it is possible that you can still see if you have your corneas burned. I just assumed that he was blind. He's not blind, but it, it, it impairs your vision, to say the least. But it doesn't make you blind. So, like I said, because I was really curious, I was like, how is he being able to see if his corneas are burned? But yeah. you actually still can see. It just might really impair your vision really badly if that is the case but but you're right otis heist not doing really well but she needs him to point out how to get into these caves how to get into this so that they can investigate where where annie was killed and see if they can figure out what it was that she was looking for uh, or what it was that drew, drew her to those mines in the first place see if there's any evidence that they could draw them to the killer all this type of stuff so uh 
they go out to those they go out to the caves and they have been barricaded in somebody blew up the entrance and has sealed it off uh but this is one of the issues again that i start bumping up against because they've like i said they've raised my antenna when conley calls her in he doesn't call her into the office he calls her into the mine headquarters now i will say one of the things i did like about this is the fact that the mine headquarters looked amazing it looked absolutely fantastic oh, yeah. and it's just to show yeah. the difference between like the mine is taking care of itself and is like just screwing right. up the rest of this town that i thought was great yeah, yeah. uh but like this is sloppy like this is really really sloppy because under no circumstance should this meeting where Connolly and the head of the mines kate and danvers are all having this meeting it's there is no way it should be held at the, at the mines like even if like Connolly is completely in cahoots with with the mines which appears to be the case that has to yeah. be done at the police station it has to be done at the police station i mean you have to give up you have to continue to portray some like facade of no the sheriffs the the local police are still in control not the mine company like i said i've really struggled with that scene being in the mine company the only reason that i'm trying to think if there was a there was nothing mentioned it's not like she showed her kate didn't show uh liz something that had to be at the mines yeah, that that video you know, of them yeah. that video of them they, she could have shown on any computer anywhere right. that she was yeah. so like i said yeah. i mean the only reason like it feels like they were did this is just show how the disparity between the mine company and the town but yeah. that's showing that's not a big enough payoff for like this big of a screw up by by Connolly to bring them into yeah. to to bring her into the mine office instead of bringing her into the into the to the police station. Like I said, that's just too weird of a way to do that. Like I said, I really struggle yeah. with that. But um, I mean, I will say this: I think you know I do like the fact that they are starting to try to at least reveal some stuff in this episode because that was mm-hmm. one of the things I was a little, getting a little frustrated with. Is, is obviously that Kate had something to do with with right. these murders uh or at least something to yeah. them and you know the trying to brush this off the salal incident as you know oh it's just a weather accident it's just a it's just yeah. an avalanche doesn't explain why they're naked <laughs> doesn't explain any of that right. uh right. so like i said i, I think well, they it, were just having fun on the night you know the night before it got dark yeah that's what they tried so like i said I'm, so these people got naked uh the night before it got dark in the snow and so yeah they just took all their clothes off some kind of orgy yeah and just having yeah just having some weird like weird things they're doing out in the snow so uh like i said so i, I do like the fact they're trying to give us some of those in, in yeah. that information we do get some information we i wasn't exactly sure what john hulk's role was in all this but he does tell us from his own mouth he didn't kill annie he just knew the body so we now know at least yeah how the body got moved from the cave to wherever it was they found because i don't remember where they where they found her body at i don't remember where they found her either yeah yeah i don't, I don't remember where they found it out but they at least explain very briefly how they got from the cave to where she was uh danvers like i said is jody foster is phenomenal she is absolutely killing it just showing this person who is trying her best to pursue justice while also dealing with all of the shadiness and all the crookedness that is yeah. apparent throughout this entire in this entire little tiny town uh so like i said i have no complaints about that i'm and I, like i said i can't wait to see the, obviously at the end of the episode they were headed to the cave or, or to the mine or yeah the caves yeah to investigate those things so like i said i'm really interested to see what they find there uh but they like i said i am concerned going into the finale about wrapping some of this stuff up because they've got to wrap up annie's death how she died 
who killed her. Uh, they got to wrap up how she yeah, got did you look? Did you look to see how long this episode was? 75, I I know. 75 minutes is the next one. Mm-hmm. So okay. about two or three minutes That's, worth of credits. So you're looking at about 72 minutes worth of episodes. So it's going to be a little bit longer. That's a, it's a little bit longer, but they got a lot. Yeah, so they yes, like you were saying. They've got all that they've got to take care of. They still got to take care of what happened to the guys at Salal. They got to take care of all right. of that and how that plays out. It feels like there's got to be more done with Leah. Uh, that there's yeah. that there's more to that storyline that's got to take place. Uh, whatever's going to happen with Pete, because he's headed off to uh, bury those bodies inconspicu- mm-hmm. inconspicuously out into the sea uh, is what basically there's how they're getting rid of the bodies. Um, they got to wrap up this stuff about the ghost storyline. Uh, we still got to see. You know, this is one of the things that I'll be really interested to see, and what I want to find out next week. Because I have not seen the previous three seasons of, of True Detective. I've seen a few episodes of season one. I just haven't been able to finish it. But one of the things I want to find out when during next week's episode, are they really going to go with a potential supernatural, somewhat of a supernatural explanation? Because one of the things I have read, and you'll have to correct me on this if this is incorrect. One of the things I've read is there's always like going into the true detective season throughout it there's always like this mystery like it could be something supernatural but by the time it comes to the end there's always a somewhat logical grounded explanation for how it happened is that correct yeah that's correct yeah they always looks like it could be supernatural and they really don't fully explain it and you're left with like okay that makes sense i guess and it feels and the people i've read these things same things about have said like the supernatural is far more prevalent in this season. It definitely right? is. Definitely. Is. So I just want to know: are they going to, are they going to do what they need to do and make the supernatural somewhat involved in these guys' deaths? Because with yeah. everything happening with Navarro, everything going on there, with I mean, let's another thing that I was also struggling with: we haven't been back to Salal Station since like episode two. We haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, because like there was a guy just yeah, running. Why would we go? Why would we go back there? You would think there would be new things to that would open up, and they'd have to go back. And you're finding evidence okay. that would make you have to go back to the, to this place. And because another thing that I would think you'd have to go back, there was a guy running through the station yeah, when that yeah, delivery yeah. guy was running yeah. through there. We haven't even touched that, so I'm assuming that's Clark. Right. Maybe I don't know. Uh, it's that possible. Could have been Clark. Could have been uh, uh, Oliver. Tukak. Yeah, it could have been Oliver Tacock. It could have been Otis. I, I don't know. But like yeah. I said, that's another thing that they kind of need to wrap yeah. up here in the final episode is, you know, who was that person that was just running through? Uh, you know, that's one thing they've got to wrap up. Another thing, uh, the guy that Rose saw, what was his name? Uh, Matthew Kamani's oh, dad. Travis. Yeah, Travis. Travis Cole. They've got to wrap up, you know, what happened? Why is she seeing Travis? Why is he actually right. appearing yeah. to her? So that's another thing they've got to wrap up. Uh, there's all these storylines that they are going to need to wrap up and I, I i do worry that they are just going to, like i said at the beginning of this thing they're going to try to make us be so engrossed in the story that we forget about some of those things and, we, well, we and also about they've kind of played off a little bit like you know the cold and the and the darkness causes right. these issues because they mention you know well you know if you get any type of frostbite you could have hallucinations yeah we've already we've already talked about in the last couple of episodes, the water is an issue and yeah. it's, it's killing people. Obviously 
that could be causing because you know if you have bad water right. it can cause hallucinations yes yeah. speaking I, of I real quick real quick before you get into that that happens yeah real quick before you get into that the scene where jody foster's uh danvers goes to the the, the the where they're keeping the graves of mm-hmm. the the children who have died uh, who were stillborn great yeah. scene fantastic scene really right there was. I thought that was great but yeah keep going that was and that really changed her mind it's like okay mm-hmm. I can't let this go yeah but I was wondering if they're going to because this is what True Detective has done in the other seasons like they're they're going to pass it off to the cold the night right. or the water is no, I wouldn't be shocked because they kind of do that in the other ones right. as well. Like I said, but if they have like a, one of their characters literally seeing ghosts, I feel like that uh-huh. has to be a part of the conclusion of this thing in some way I, or another. That's why I think Rose, I think Rose is going to have a huge part next. next yeah. Episode. Yeah. I think so too. I think that I do. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that she's going to have a huge part in that. Uh, I yeah. think, you know, they, kind of hint towards her having a huge part when i'll be real honest when navarro went out in the ice and it starts cracking the, the thing i, I thought about at the beginning was when that was happening is like during the opening song you see what looks like danvers and navarro and the polar bear which we another thing they've got to yeah. wrap up right. uh falling through ice and falling through the water you you see that at the beginning so i was like i immediately thought of that I was like oh is she about to fall through the the ice on this thing and drop into the water. That was my initial thought when I when I saw that, um, but that's not the case. Yeah, I, I I thought she might die though. I really did. I thought, yeah. damn, they're gonna kill off. They're gonna kill off the bar. Yeah, I know. That's another thing. They got. I will say, Go don't be surprised if we don't hear an explanation for the for the polar bear because one thing that True Detective has done in every season is these are unreliable narrators. No, that's true. Hands off of that are messed up russ cole was thinking of all kinds of crazy stuff all through season one you know and then this last season mahershal ali was was going through dementia Mm -hmm. and so he's thinking of all kinds of crazy stuff so i wouldn't be surprised that the polar bears are some kind of version of that the only thing i can't the only reason i would i would say that's not gonna be the case of the polar bears because both danvers and navarro have seen the polar bear yeah yeah, i agree they both have seen that so that makes me think that that's actually a real yeah. thing that is either it's either real or it's something that's yeah. haunting both oh, yeah. of them or something along those lines uh what do you think the mine is hiding in the cave oh gosh that's uh that's the thing i don't know uh it's yeah, obviously something because either. it's something that has obviously is polluting the water somehow or or something yeah. along those lines uh whatever it is it's it's big because obviously anyone to go find it right uh i do want to know who the person who the girl is they awoke because it keeps, they keep saying she's awake and they keep saying it over and over again and right i would imagine it's annie but i don't know oh. well clark could be seeing annie like uh like navarro has been yeah like i said i mean that's my that's my best guess as to yeah who this person is they keep referring to when they say she's awake because yeah. i can't think of anybody else so uh i'll be really interested i mean we also need to find out what exactly happened with with Navarro's husband, not Navarro, Danvers' husband and her son, because yeah. uh, we they keep referring back to them, but we haven't getting any resolution. And one thing I heard, maybe it was on, maybe it was on the Prestige podcast this past week, where you know we've kind of assumed that the reason why her husband and the reason her son died was because of someone else's drunk driving killing them. Yeah, some they mentioned that maybe it was actually Danvers' own drunk driving that ended up killing yeah. them possibility as well and Danvers has no problem uh you know hiding a crime so right. she could have 
you know, been the driver, and then all of a sudden they, you know, or Teddy or someone helps her out. Yeah. So, like I said, this is another reason why I think they need. That's another storyline. So, like, like I said, they yeah. have a lot that they've got to wrap up yeah. in this final episode. And like I said, I was too concerned at the end of the episode before, but at the end of this one. I'm, I'm pretty concerned that they're not going to get it all wrapped yeah. up. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But like I said, I think it's still a really good show. I, I'm still mm-hmm. completely engrossed in, in in the show. But if they leave a lot of stuff out, if there's a lot of these storylines that I just mentioned, I, I, I imagine that they won't answer every single one of them. They're not. But if they leave out a majority of them and only answer a couple of them, that's going to be disappointing. That's going to be right. That will probably end up changing my overall opinion of the show up until now. It's been great. But like I said, I'll just be really interested to see how this thing plays out here in the end and see how they wrap yeah, it all up. I just up. wonder why they didn't give her eight episodes to begin with. I don't know. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So it, it, it makes even less sense. The more we get into this thing. So, right. Anyway. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we do our weekly awards? Uh, I think I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're okay. So let's do some weekly awards. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are covering a season of a television show, we give out three weekly awards. Up first is our Tyrion Lannister, which is our MVP, and I'm pretty sure I know where we're both going on this. Well, as we've talked about, Jodie Foster could be it every week. Yeah, she but, could. Uh, I think John Hawks yeah, has is. got to be to answer this week he was just fantastic yeah it's john hawks he was he was absolutely fantastic from the song that he wrote and sung at the beginning mm-hmm. of this thing to the look i do think his arc was incredibly rushed don't get me wrong but yeah yeah asking he pulled off what they wanted him to do uh right, like i said there's right. no, there's no problem with with his performance throughout the course of this episode or no. the course of the season he pulls off exactly what they asked him to do i just think like i said the entire thing right. was just way too rushed but he yeah, was phenomenal if, and that's a good point. As rush as it was, if it wasn't a fantastic actor like him, it could have been badly done. Yeah, it really could have been. It, it could have been really poorly done. So, yeah. so shout yeah. out to him. All right, next yeah. on our list of awards is the Agatha All Along, the best scene of the week. What's your best scene of the week? I think we got to go with the, with uh, Hank coming to the house. Yeah, and it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about this scene enough. It was. Yeah, well, you're right. Let's incredible. talk about it, about it a little bit. Go ahead and talk a little bit more about it. I just did not see any of it coming. I thought when Peter comes in, which, you know, you can make a nitpick that they they made him get kicked out of uh, the house and right. it ends up where he he's at Danvers. But who cares? That happens in every right. story. Yeah. But like when Peter shows up and Peter has his gun on Hank. And then, like, Danvers is just like, don't do it. You know, think, think. I was just like, oh, my God. It was so intense. And John Hawk's line, which I'm going to say in a few minutes, like what he says uh, when he's about to get shot, you should know something. I didn't kill Annie. Right. I just moved her body. Body. Blood is blood, Peter. Yeah. And, like, and then he points his gun just waiting him to kill him. Just the way John Hawks is acting, the way he's looking on his face, and Peter, too. Oh, man, it was just phenomenal. And then I thought it was going to end where Danvers and Peter are, you know, consoling each other. No, here comes Navarro, and they're talking about cleaning it up. And Navarro was absolutely right. If they call Ted right there, you know, Peter is going to jail. Yeah, like he's going. And one of the things I thought when I was watching that, I was like, well, he's completely justified because he, his dad was pulling his gun towards, Mm -hmm. towards Danvers. And like I said, again, they've done so much to make us try to like not hate John Hawk's character, not think so poorly of him. Right. They do the absolute 
he does the absolute worst thing that makes you hate him more than anything else possible in this thing because I don't think he was intending to shoot Danvers. I don't think he was ever going to do it. I think he wanted Peter right. to pull the trigger and kill him. So he has mm-hmm. his, he commits his he commits suicide by forcing his his son to kill him. Uh because yeah. his son was completely justified. That he was he, he had a gun that he was pointing towards Danvers. You do what you're supposed to. You shoot the guy. Uh, there's nothing, right. like I said, you know, if this were uh, Raylan Givens, that's completely justified. There is no question yes. about it. Yes. Uh, but because, you know, Conley is obviously involved in the entire cover up of what happened with Annie and is completely in cahoots somehow or another with the mine, then he's going to absolutely bury Pete with. Uh, with his own father and with uh, yeah. Otis Heiss as well. You, you're correct about that. Yeah, you're right. The, the scene was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, like I said, it was rushed to get to that point, I think. Uh, but like I said, just like John Hall. They took their time with They took their time with that last thing. Yeah, they and took I'll their time with that last thing. We've, mm-hmm. we've mentioned the show Justified and Raylan Givens twice tonight. Definitely. Go ahead and drink, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but, like That was not rushed because it was like it was very intense. And I, I was so excited, especially when when Dan, when I'm sorry, when Navarro was like, you have got to clean this place up and you've right. got to get rid of this bodies. I was kind of like, let's go. I, yeah. I wanted to watch the next episode because, you know, it was a perfect way to end it. Yeah, if like- you're wanting to get fired up for an for a finale that's how you do it yeah it was it was absolutely wonderful the scene of the episode like i said i was i, I, I completely agree with you it's a really well yeah. done like i said i think it was rushed to get to that point but again they're pulling out they're doing what the people on the screen the, the actors and everybody that's involved they're pulling off what they're being asked to do i don't think there's any question about that it's just a question of how quickly are we getting to some of these things so and let me mention one more thing since we were talking about john hawks john hawks one of his best roles is in Deadwood, and he is the best friend of the Sheriff Bullock, who was played by Timothy Oliphant, a.k.a. Rayleigh Giffings himself. So if you've never watched Deadwood, unbelievable show. I would highly recommend it. John John Hawks, man, one of the kings of HBO, the the low-key, because he's in Deadwood, he's in this, and he was hilarious in the first couple of seasons of Eastbound and Down, the Danny McBride show about Kenny Power. So... Shout out John Hawks, the king of HBO. Yeah, HBO will pull. I mean, a lot of studios do this. If they got somebody who's maybe not be a who mm-hmm. might not be a huge star, but they, oh they, yeah. somebody they like, they'll pull them back in for for multiple. Chris projects. Eccleston has been on several shows. He's been on yeah. Leftovers and something else. Yeah. Uh, what's your name? Uh, oh gosh, uh, older actress. Uh, I can't remember. Played in. Uh, designing women. Uh, oh, Gene Smart. Yeah, they several things. Yeah, they've done a number of things yeah. with uh, Gene Smart on HBO. So, like I said, there's, there's, they will pull people back in for uh, if they like them. They think they can do what they ask them to. So, all right, your best line of the week. The uh, if you come to the king, you best not miss. What's your best line for this week? Yeah, I mentioned earlier. It's like uh, you should know something. I didn't kill Annie Kay. I just moved her body. Blood is blood, Peter. Yeah, as much as I complained about Leah in in this episode, I think she had one of the better lines from this episode when she was talking to Peter towards the end of that conversation. She tells Peter uh, she's not good with the people she cares about. I thought that was a really good line about Liz. That was a very good line, yeah. yeah, yeah. I also like where, she, where Leah told Liz, I haven't given up on you yet. Yeah, that was a good one, too. That was another That was another good line. So, like I said, I, I, I wasn't a real big fan of her character after this episode, but like I said, she did have some, she did have some good yeah. lines that I thought were pretty good, so... All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we wrap up a season of a... No, we're not wrapping up a season. Whenever we're covering a, a uh, season of a television show, we give a rating. At the top of our rating list is a succession. Beneath the succession is a lost. Middle of the road for us is friends. Beneath friends is a full house and bottom of the barrel for us. 
is a Baywatch. What are you rating uh, True Detective Night Country after five episodes? I'm still a succession. I understand the, the questions that need to be answered. I understand this being rushed. I'm not blaming the filmmakers on that entirely no. because I think HBO should have given them eight. But I still, I'm still really enjoying this. I'm, you know, it's all, all on the edge of my seat, so I'm still going to give it a succession. Yeah, it's still a succession for me. Like I said, I, uh, but I am more concerned about it staying there than I ever have been. Yeah, throughout they the could watch this finale yeah. for sure. Yeah, they definitely could. Like I said, so I'm a little more concerned about than I have been at any other point throughout the course of this season. Because after that, after the first season, I was at a loss, but I went straight to succession in episode two, and I've been there ever since. Yeah. And I'm still there, but like I said, it's not quite as strong. It's not on quite as strong a footing as as I had it on previously, but it's still there, and I'll be really interested to see how they wrap this entire thing up going into episode six. So. All right, uh, just real quick, before we get into anything else, uh, we're not covering anything else this week on Monday. I think it's Monday when I'm releasing it. We recorded this a long time ago. Uh, We have our first ever, the inaugural MAP Awards, in which we are giving awards out to some of the shows that we've covered and some of the things. For two years. We've been two years anniversary. Yeah, we've been doing this for a little over two years now, so uh, we're doing some MAP Awards. We'll probably do this every year. Uh, We record this actually quite a while ago, so if you're wondering why there is no video, because we weren't doing video at the time of that one so you're only getting video on youtube of of this particular episode so we'll be doing that uh, on monday i think is when i have it coming out to uh to release to the masses but uh since we're also only got one episode that we're currently recording this week you can do recommendations you can do things you're looking forward just give me whatever you got so i'm going to give a recommendation and one of them involves while you have to kind of do your research of what something is about. So the movie Nyad that's on um, Netflix yeah, that stars Jodie Foster yeah. and Annette Bidding. Annette Bidding has an Oscar I nomination thought, for this. I thought Jodie Foster did too. That's, I think they both did. Okay, I knew, I knew Annette Bidding did. I didn't know Jodie Foster if she did okay. or not. So I thought this movie was about two 60-year-old women in love. Uh-huh. What's I about? thought it was a love story. It's a sports movie. Oh, is it really? It is about a swimmer. Uh, Annette Benning plays a, a, a like a world-renowned swinger, swimmer named Diane Nyad, okay. who is wanting to do this incredible swim from Key West, from Cuba to Key West. Uh, okay, yeah, I've heard and people she has that, to yeah. deal with sharks, you know, uh, all kinds of animals, like and like the issues of like storms, and so it's like a it's like a crazy swim. It is one of the best sports movies I've seen in a while. <laughs> I had no idea it's a sports movie. It's on Netflix. I'm telling you, if you watch this movie, you're going to love it. Okay. This has all the tropes of a great sports movie. Because she and she's 60 years old. She tried this. She tried to swim when she was in her 20s and couldn't make it. At 60, she was like, "I'm old. I want to do it again." Right. And so it it shows her of trying to get this. She. Uh, it takes her a couple times of trying to do this race and Jodie Foster is her best friend and her trainer and she's awesome as the coach I'm telling you you will love this movie Nyad on um, on Netflix so again research stuff because I didn't (laughs) I I thought this is a movie about two six year old women in love I asked a friend if he'd seen this. I was like, no, nah, that doesn't look like up my speed. And I, and I told him what it was about. He's like, I thought it was about women in love. So I don't know where. 
Yeah, I guess yeah. that's the that's the logical explanation we hear. Two older women, you seem like maybe it's just them being loved. Like, I, don't I don't care about their love story, but like this is a sports movie. Right. This is everything we love. So again, look into stuff before you do it. The other thing I watched the uh, docu the docu series American Nightmare. It's a crime docu series on mm-hmm. Netflix. It's been very popular. It's really good. You will not like this. Is another crime that you won't see what's coming every. <laughs> Every episode is something crazier. Uh, Netflix has always been really good on these crime docu-series, and this is another good one, American Nightmare. And then the things I'm looking forward to, FX gave us a early uh, June present by announcing we are getting the Bear Season 3 oh, in are we? June. Oh, yes. wow. I was not expecting that. Okay, cool. I, I, I did not see that. I did not see that announcement. Cool. Heck yeah. yeah. All right, that sounds awesome. I can't wait. Love you. if you we have covered both seasons of the bear. Uh, absolutely yes. love season. Like I like season one. I love season two. Just cannot wait to catch out. Check out yeah. what they're doing with season three. So that sounds exciting. I'm excited about that because I was not prepared for that. All right, you got anything else? I'm good on that. All right, I got one recommendation and one thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, my recommendation. All right, so in a couple of weeks, not next week, but in two weeks, we are going to be covering the 1984 version of Dune and Dune Part One because uh, Dune Part I'm Two. I'm glad you mentioned this. I was going to get you to tell us. Yeah, so Dune Part Two comes out on the weekend of March 1st. So we are going to be covering that. We'll both go to theaters and we'll we'll check back in with each other and give our thoughts on it. Now, let me give you another recommendation. If you have never seen the 1984 Dune. I first watched it back in 2021. I just finished reading the book because I wanted to. I read the book because I knew the movie was getting ready to come out. And after I read it, I was like, you know what? 1984 Dune was one of my mom's favorite movies of all time. Uh, so I watched it and I didn't know what to expect. I'd kind of seen a couple of little things on it when my mom would watch it in passing. But I did have no idea what to expect. And look, I'll just say, it's dumb. It's really dumb. It's a bad movie. But it was like kind of dumb fun the first time I watched it. Like I was like just kind of laughing at some of the decisions they make. And if you, I want you to go watch it so you can listen to our podcast. And I think you'll have yeah. kind of the same reaction if you're listening to this that I did. It's kind of dumb fun because it's it's not. I can't wait to watch it. I have not watched it. I'm waiting to closer to the top. Yeah, so it's not good. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to try to like sit here and convince you to tell you to watch a movie because it's good. It's just kind of dumb fun. Like the, you're going to be just kind of shocked and perplexed that they make some of the decisions that they make in this film and like why would they do that because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense like i said but if you watch it a second time you'd lose all of that so like i said if you do it only watch it once so ryan you haven't watched it yet don't yeah. do a second rewatch because okay good to know because i have been i've tried i, I started watching it to like make notes and stuff and we have been we've done over 220 episodes of this podcast. Never has it felt like homework. Doing the <laughs> Dune rewatch of 1984 felt so much like homework. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is terrible." And like like I said, the dumb fun of it only lasts one time, all right? You're not okay, getting good to know. You're not yeah, getting yeah. that more than once. You're just not. Uh, and if you do, great. That's more power to you. But I was not getting that at all watching it the second go around. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, why am I watching this for a second time?" That's hilarious. Uh, so like I said, go watch Dune 1984 if you haven't seen it. Check back with us in two weeks and let us talk about it because it should be a fun discussion. Can't wait. But like I said, that second, like I've only gotten about two thirds of the way through. I may, I may not finish it because, like I said, I, yeah. it's just not good. And watching it for the second time is tough. Yeah, like I said, it's 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 fun to watch the first time. It really was. Yeah. I had a, I had a great time watching it the first time, but 
Man, this second watch was rough. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll just put that out there. So, all right, uh, my recommend my thing I'm looking forward to. I'm really I'm just look. This is more of a curiosity thing than anything else because ESPN, Warner Brothers, and who's the other yeah. Fox? They made a huge announcement this week. They made an announcement where they're basically putting together, they're combining their efforts to put forth an app to give you access to everything that they will provide from a sports wise like you mean like we used to have with cable pretty much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so like here's the thing about this so i have youtube tv that's what i have for my like cable package the only yeah. reason i have that is for sports that's the only reason right. that i oh, have yeah, yeah, yeah. i have direct tv streams and the same thing so like i said the only thing i've the only reason i've been holding out holding that thing onto that thing for is because i want to watch sports like i'm probably going to watch a mississippi state game as soon as we get done yeah. recording here uh so I'm really interested to see how good this is and also what the price point of this thing. I'm guessing it's probably going to be 40 or 50 bucks, but if I yeah. can drop YouTube TV because of which I pay like $75 for or however much I pay for, I don't remember how much I pay for it. Right. But if I can drop that and get that instead, because you still don't have CBS, you still don't have NBC, but they air all their stuff on Paramount and on Peacock. I mean, you can just watch yeah. whatever they air there. Well, and also if you have an antenna, you can yeah, you can a, do that you too. Can buy an antenna cheap. Yeah. yeah, you can do that too. So, like I said, that's not that's not a big deal at that point. Uh, so, like I said, this is I'm really curious to how good this is going to work, how how what yeah. the what the price point is going to be because. Like I said, this is the thing I have been waiting for for about 10 years because I've been holding right. onto a, a cable or, or satellite or whatever. And like I said, YouTube TV now. So I, because I'm, like I said, the only thing that I've been holding onto all this stuff for was because of, of sports. Now I wanted to watch my sports mm -hmm. and this might be the answer to it. So I'm really interested to see what the price point is. They, they haven't given that information yeah. out. Uh, I think they're going to start in like six months or something like that. If I remember correctly. Yeah, but. I know they're going to try to be ready by the by next football season. So like I said, really eager to see what yeah. that is like that is something that is I'm, i like that i'm really really excited to see what that's like it could be really good or it could just be a complete total failure so who knows but yeah all right well speaking of really good or total total failure we're covering madam webb next week yes i'm glad you mentioned that so yeah so uh why because we really don't have anything else to cover <laughs> uh, so yeah. so we're going to go to the movies and we're going to check and, out i mean let's be honest it may not be that bad we're we're you know we were negative about some other stuff like blue beetle and miss i mean captain our uh, the marbles right. and they were enjoyable yeah they were uh i have less faith in this so i'll just be honest with you though yeah, I, have less, I have less faith but you know what surprise me and look i will say this here's the thing i do when like when i went and saw batman versus superman i knew it was going to be bad i i, I was prepared i knew it was going to be bad yeah. so what i did to make sure i had fun at the movie theater just set your expectations so low just set them like to yeah. the point where, like, unless they are, like, throwing crap at the camera, literally throwing feces at the camera, that <laughs> you will have a good time regardless. Like, just set your expectations really, really yeah. low when you're going to a film that you think may not be the best thing in the world. Right. And then you can have some fun. So, like I said, that's... And I mean, it's never a bad thing to go see Sydney Sweeney at the movie. Well, no, there, there is that, too. I mean, they've got that going <laughs> for them as well. So I'm uh, yeah. not going to complain about that. But uh, so, yeah, yeah. so go uh, if you check out Madam Web next week, come back, check back with us next week. We'll be finishing up our discussion on True Detective. Can't wait to see what the finale is. And we will also be discussing Madam Web with Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. So it so be an interesting weekend on the podcast. 
All right. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yeah. Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.